Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio, and this is episode 58, I believe. And I think today you're going to have me by myself. And uh, i got a couple of things to talk about. Um, I just wanted to be able to squeeze in uh, at least, well, you know, I'm only going to get one episode this month. Maybe I might be able to get another one before the end of the month. It's July 23rd. Uh, it's been one of those summers in New York and, uh, really haven't wanted to set up the recording studio because I got to turn off the air conditioning and it gets really, really hot in here and very uncomfortable. And, and it's just been, there's been a, just a ton of work I've been doing on the outside, trying to survive like the rest of us make money and do things that are kind of responsible. Uh, <laughs> just maybe not responsible, but, to, you know, just really feeling like I need to to get some other stuff done. And although I figured I had some stuff to talk about, and rather than, like, getting Tom on the horn or anybody else, I figured, well, you know what, I'll just fire out uh, an episode uh, as fast as I can, and uh, hopefully, you know, you guys won't get too bored with me. Uh, having me in your ear for a certain period of time. So a couple of things I want to quickly talk about. First of all, I want to give out a shout out to the uh, our Canadian cousins, <laughs> Sid and Mac at the uh, Shutter Time uh, with Sid and Mac podcast. You guys have, are terrific. You guys have given us a lot of shout outs. And for you guys listening to us, if you haven't uh, subscribed to their podcast, I really would suggest you do so. They're one of the, I don't know, I feel like they're one of the best photography podcast I listen to because I really feel like I get to know both of them during the show. And they've done so many episodes. And I feel like even before I met them, actually, I only met Mac in person once when he came to New York. But, you know, I've met them online. And I really get a sense of their personality uh, over through the shows. And I don't think they're really just doing a podcast, you know, to become more famous or, or anything like that. They're really... Um, they really, their passion for photography is really there. And I really want to, uh, send you guys to them and, and have you subscribe to them. And in their like last episode, I just listened to it this afternoon. Um, they gave, uh, you know, street shots and me and Tom, a, a lot of shout outs and, um, uh, having some influence on them. And I really, really appreciate that. And I definitely consider them, uh, friends of the show and, uh, you know, personal friends too. I, like I said, I've met Mac once when he came to town. Uh, I have not met Sid yet. Uh, looking forward to that. And I think, uh, what's going to happen is in August, um, on their show, uh, Mac is going to be out of town and, uh, Sid asked me to fill in for him. So I'm probably going to do a couple of episodes, uh, at least, um, uh, filling in for Mac. Although I don't know how possibly I could fill in for Mac because, <laughs> You know, it's Mac and I'm me and uh, he's a he's a force to be reckoned with. So uh, I can just um, uh, again, I'm not going you know, to I'm not going to replace him just filling in, but I'm looking forward to that. So it'll be me and Sid sometime in August and hopefully uh, I'll get a chance to um, actually I'm just getting a chance to have Sid on this show. Uh, she's a great wildlife photographer. And I realize I'm, even though I've been on their show a couple of times, uh, I really haven't uh, interviewed either of them. And I, I figured one of the first people I want to interview is Sid because I really not, I've not had her on this show. And we've had Mac on the show filling in for Tom. And, uh, you know, at some point I do want to uh, 
uh, interview him and, and uh, talk about his photography and uh, his styles and stuff like that. But uh, you know what? I figure we're gonna have uh, I get Sid on the show first between the two of them. Uh, Mac, don't take it personally, but uh, uh, actually, I'll probably hear about this on the show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, those guys are worth listening to. Uh, real human beings talking about uh, photography in a way that's um, you know manageable and understandable and a lot of fun. So one of the things I want to talk to you about is a show that I went to with my friend Gene Mealy, uh, who you will remember from the last episode, a friend of mine and a friend of the show's. And we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art on Friday and we saw the Irving Penn exhibit. So for this is going to either confuse some of you know, some of you don't know who Irving Penn is and some of you do. So those of you don't go and Google Irving Penn, one of the premier photographers of the 20th century uh incredible incredible photography i'm not going to do a review a full review of it now i think i'm going to have gene on the show and maybe the two of us will talk about his work because we both saw it and be great to have another person to to bounce around with but i'm just going to give you my impressions of it uh first of all it was in the metropolitan museum of art so if you've never been there it's an incredible museum uh, the, the museum itself is is a work of art when you walk in, and the the show of Irving Penn's work was in a very large gallery on the first floor, and it's one of the larger galleries uh, in the uh, museum there. And uh, we walked in, and basically my my experience of this was like. I'm guessing it would be like if I had seen the uh, Grand Canyon for the first time. And I have not seen the Grand Canyon, but I've I've experienced things we probably all have that are way bigger than us. And, and, and your, um, your mind can't sort of comprehend it all at once. And uh, even though the show is sort of staggered and it goes through his early work and then into his later work, and there's, and there's a ton of pictures there. Tons of photographs, so well presented. Um, there's just so many pictures there, and the work is so beautiful that I was almost, I was overwhelmed. Not almost overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed, and I and I equated it to having seen something like the Grand Canyon. It's just too much for my brain to comprehend. And I can look around at each individual picture and really get a sense of him, but the whole thing together was uh, just incredible. Uh, Irving, Irving Penn is one of my favorite, favorite photographers. And to see all of his work in one place is uh, an inspiration. Uh, and, it, you know, if you're in New York and you're, and you're able to get there before the 30th, I mean, I think I'll put this show out Monday. So you have a few days to go there. If you're in New York, you go see it. If not, uh, I would seek out his books uh, if you can. And if you can get to any of the shows, uh, I would uh, absolutely go see it. You know, don't look at his pictures on the internet. I mean, you can look at it and you can get a sense of his work, but you can't really experience it until you see the prints in their sort of final form. Uh, the, again, I, we've talked about this in Switch to Manual. One of the great things about printing your work is that as you're being the photographer, you're in control of how the audience sees the work and you're in control of the size, you're in control of the the tonality of the, the picture, the quality, the framing, uh, the lighting and how it's presented. You're in control of a lot of things. And I think that is probably one of the best ways to experience uh, photography and really looking at it on a little screen, uh, whether it's your iPhone or your computer. Uh, it's just not the same. 
until you see these pictures as physical things that are in front of you that you have to walk next to and you have to put your face close up if you want to see it. So anyway, this this show is just incredible. Irving Penn has done a lot of portraiture uh, in the 20th century, and some of his portraits are incredible. Very famous people you would recognize. Pictures of uh, Truman Capote and uh, uh, Al Pacino. The Al Pacino shot was not in this exhibit. The the Truman Capote picture is. So if you Google it, you'll see this great picture of Truman Capote with his sort of hands on his face and his glasses all askew. He did a whole series of portraits of people in the, uh, I believe it was in the 40s, where he wedged them into a corner where he created a sort of a corner set with two flats and put them together in a corner. And he did all these pictures of people in these corners. And it's uh, it's really something to see uh, the, the way the, the, the set sort of constricts the people and how he, how he works with the sort of their shape of their bodies and foreshortening. Um, it's just incredible. And I can go on and on about his stuff. And again, I'll probably save this so that Gene and I can speak about it. But I wanted to go on to say that so you guys know a little bit more about me, that Irving Penn is really one of the uh, photographers who, who are in my mind uh, all the time. Uh, when I take pictures, and I'm of that generation where, you know, I I grew up with his work, and uh, you know, he died not that long ago, so not contemporaries, but you know, I certainly was growing up while he was still taking photographs, and oh, you know, his pictures, he did all these great photos for the cover of Vogue magazine in the in the 50s and 60s. It's just it's it's fantastic, so. Uh, Google his work, uh, wait for, you know, an episode or two uh, where I can get Gene on the show and we can talk about this show. I ended up buying the book. It was $70. It was a little bit more money than I want to spend, but I looked at this book. The print quality of the book was fantastic. It weighs a ton, uh, and it really feels like a significant book. And I I figure I can treat myself to a photography book now and then. And, and certainly this Irving Penn book was is well worth it. Um, the print quality of the book itself is really nice. I, mean, I should probably buy a second one so I can start <laughs> cutting out the pictures and, and framing them and putting them on my wall. Um, but anyway, I wanted to tell you guys that I saw that show. Also today uh, in the Brooklyn Museum, which is not that far away from me, uh, just finishing up was a show of Georgia O'Keeffe. Georgia O'Keeffe, not Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> so, Georgia O'Keeffe. Um, and it was a, I don't know if it's a retrospective of her work. It, it's more like a biography because there was so much of her personal, um, like her clothing was in this exhibit and there's a lot of photographs of her and there was, there was actually more photographs of her in this exhibit than of her paintings. So again, those of you who don't know her, Google her, but, uh, a premier, uh, painter of the 20th century lived in, uh, New York and, um, uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, mostly known for her work in, in New Mexico, married to very famous photographer Alfred Stieglitz, one of the pictorialists from the uh, uh, early 20th century. Uh, when they got together, he was like 27 years older than her. Uh, incredible. But uh, a lot of the pictures in this exhibit, the photographs, are, are taken uh, by Stieglitz of O'Keeffe. Um, beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, there's a lot of other photographers' work in there because later on, uh, she became more famous. There, a lot of photographers sought her out and did portraits of her. So the Bill Brandt and uh, um, 
Oh my gosh, it's just like, there's there's so many photographers, I can't list them all. And again, I'm not doing a review of this show, and it's just closing today, so I'm, I'm glad I was able to squeak it in at the last minute. But um, And actually some of her photography, it, there was one part of, uh, one, there was some of her pictures that she would use for reference for her paintings. Uh, again, mostly shot in uh, New Mexico. And um, there was a little plaque. Uh, one of the photographers who uh, was a friend of hers helped her get a Leica camera, uh, like a 35 millimeter camera that she used to uh, take uh, reference pictures that she used for her paintings. So uh, then it was her clothing. She, she was a seamstress, so she made a lot of her own clothing, and they had that stuff standing there. And maybe I'll put a few shots of that that I took, and I'll put them in the show notes so you can get a kind of feel for it. Some of her paintings, a great painting of the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, which is on permanent exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. But you look at it, and, you know, if you know the Brooklyn Bridge, this is an iconic painting of the Brooklyn Bridge. It's fantastic. Just so much there. Again, it was another, it wasn't as, I didn't have the same experience as Irving Penn because uh, uh, Irving Penn for me is a photographer who I've cherished, and I love George O'Keefe's work, but it doesn't it doesn't have the same uh, grab for me because I'm not really into painting so much, I, which means it doesn't mean I don't like her work. I think her work is beautiful. In fact, it's just, you know, it's mind blowing. Been the, the amount of photography in that show was, was great too. But like, you know, seeing her clothes, like seeing the aprons that she was wearing and her shoes that she wore, like these were the things that were there. Uh, and you can, you know, I would say you can almost touch them. You're not supposed to, but <laughs> you can almost touch them. Uh, it was really kind of a moving experience, not not the same uh, overwhelming experience I had with Irving Penn, but certainly moving. And again, those uh, personal items. Oh, to go back to Irving Penn for a second, when you first walk into the exhibit, his uh, twin lens Roloflex is the first thing you see in there. And it's got this kind of glommed on Hasselblad viewer on the top because uh, it would magnify the uh, the image that he was seeing through the top of the twin lens reflex. I'll put a picture of that certainly in the show notes so you can see it because it's it's iconic camera, and so it's sort of this hybrid that he had built. So it's got Roloflex body and it's got this viewfinder that's from a from a Hasselblad camera. Uh, but anyway, it was great to see that. It's a personal item that's there that was in his hands that created some of the pictures in that gallery. And the same thing with. Uh, well, with Georgia O'Keeffe, there weren't any of her painting supplies, but like her clothing and her shoes and her apron, uh, all this stuff was there. So I really am lucky to have been able to see both of those exhibits really within three days of each other uh, in New York City. And uh, if these shows do travel, uh, please go and see them. Uh, you will not regret it. And I think uh, you will come out of uh, both of them really feeling moved to creativity. I mean, certainly when Gene and I came out of the uh, Irving Penn exhibit, we were both saying we both want to go out and take pictures. This was the thing that we wanted to do. I said, uh, you know, in fact, I was taking pictures during the exhibit. I love taking pictures inside of a museum. And as a, you know, side note, uh, if you guys, if you're ever in, you know, need of a project to do and you're, and you don't know what to do, just grab your camera and go to a museum and take pictures inside the museum, as long as you're allowed to. And you know, I'm pretty sure you can't use flash, but it's a great place to go uh, and take pictures. It's great to looking at people and how they look at uh, works of art and their, the way they move their bodies and stuff like that and sort of the symmetries you can get. Anyway, two great artists, 20th century artists, uh, worth looking into if you have not 
uh, I was actually surprised. I talked to somebody the other day, and I was saying, they were saying, what are you doing today? I'm, I'm going to a museum. What are you going to see? I'm going to see the Irving Penn exhibit. And they're like, Irving who? And I was a little surprised by that because I kind of expected, like, wow, doesn't anybody know who Irving Penn is? And I guess they don't. Now, there's a good chance if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do know. But if you don't, go seek him out. You know, one of the things that we talk about in Switch to Manuals uh, you know, go out and seek out other photographers' work and look, look, look. And you know what? Not even photographers' work. Also go out and look at, you know, paintings, uh, people who are creating imagery, any kind of imagery. Uh, it can only help to spark your imagination and, and without a doubt get you out and wanting to take pictures. So, okay, so that being said, uh, I wanted to get that in. Again, uh, I will get Gene on the show since we both saw it and, and, uh, we'll just have a discussion about the show. Not really a review, but I think of the Irving Penn show, we'll just talk about it and see where we go from there. So, uh, look forward to that in the not too distant future. I think I want to get Gene on the show pretty soon. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was, I, I you know, I wrote out down all these notes about it. I was on the train and thinking about this subject and, um, you know, I might read from my notes a little bit. So if I sound a little <laughs> not spontaneous, you'll, you'll know why. But I think it was important because I really wanted to get my thoughts down to you uh, when, this th- when this thing happened and it sparked this idea to put, put on the uh, uh, Switch to Manual and, and Street Shots show. So uh, it was a couple of weekends ago. I was at a party, uh, a friend's birthday party, and I was uh, showing him... Uh, how I process my my photographs on my phone, and mostly I'm doing my f- pictures on my phone these days. Sometimes on my iPad, but I'm, I've often, I've lately moved away from doing any kind of processing on my computer, and, and it's a whole mobile experience now. And I will get into that at some point in you know later shows, and I'm, I think I'm actually starting to put videos up as well. But l- let me talk about that in a second. So. So I'm showing a friend how to process my photographs and realizing I'm, I'm revealing a lot of what's going on behind the curtains. And I, I realized, am I giving away something? Now, he's not a photographer, but am I giving away something? Something is, something is no longer a mystery. And, you know, in some way, it's like I'm sharing my, my recipe with, with him and with the world. I mean, I've put up some of my videos about how I process my pictures. And... It, it got me thinking about this, that what am I doing is, oh, well, let me back up for a second. So I'm showing them the pictures and I'm realizing I'm showing them, I'm opening them up in uh, Snapseed is the app, application I use. And when I do some of the processing in Snapseed, you can tap on the screen and you can see the before and then you can see the after. And I think I was showing him, um, I was showing him like some of the, what were the pictures that showed up? Oh. I was showing him some stuff I did of sunset clouds, uh, how how I process those pictures. And I did show him the before and afters. And the before version of this sunset clouds, I think I shot him on a rooftop. The before version of the clouds was a little flat in color and the, and the depth was a little, also it wasn't so, uh, I don't know, didn't have a lot of definition. And there in the again the clouds were at sunset, so there was a little bit of orange highlights on part of the clouds, and the clouds that were in shadow were very slightly blue, um, but it was a very very flat picture. And then I went to the after picture, the after I processed picture, and of course it was much more saturated. You know the lines of the clouds were more distinct, and the blue and the shadows were the blue was much bluer. It was a little more saturated, 
And, you know, when you compare the two, the differences were dramatic. And I realized right then and there with my friend looking over my shoulders that I was really giving something away. I was pulling back the curtain and showing him this is what the picture looked like before and when I first took it. And this is what you, you saw, you know, perhaps on Flickr or 500 pixels, wherever, you, you know, wherever the picture is being viewed. This is what I'm showing to the world. And for a second, I almost felt like, I almost felt like a fraud. All right. It's like, how, I thought, how can I manipulate reality so much, right? And still think I'm showing what really happened. I thought that was a really, really good question. And that's kind of what I talk a little bit about. I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to come up with any kind of answers, but I wanted to sort of put it out in the world a little bit. Um, you know, if I'm not dedicated to depicting, depicting reality, then what the hell am I doing? Okay. You know, I'm showing you this, you know, if we look at the original picture that you take, uh, quite often, uh, it's not quite enough. Right. And so, uh, you know, photographers will take that picture and they will process a little, but processing, it, it can mean can mean anything, you know, anything affects the picture, right? The lens affects the photograph, the sensor affects the photograph, picture profiles in your camera and in your software affect the photograph. Any kind of post-processing work affects the photograph. The way you even view it on whatever screens you are, small screens, large screens, that affects the photo. There's all these things that are affecting the photo. So, what you're seeing in the end is that a reality that the photographer saw. Um, and then you have to start asking yourself, what is reality? Is reality this thing that you look out the window and you see the clouds and they look a certain way and you take a picture of them and like, and then you present it and you go, that's reality. Well, maybe, maybe not. Again, even without doing anything to a picture, whatever you take, you know, by the kind of lens you use, by the kind of camera you use, all that, you know, that is not really what is out there. And again, you have to ask yourself then, are we, are we in the matrix? I know it's a bad joke, but I mean, what my reality is different than your reality. Um, I'm seeing the clouds in a certain way and you're seeing the clouds in a certain way. So anyway, what am I doing? Am I taking a picture of reality? Maybe not. Okay. But maybe what I'm showing you is how I feel about what I'm taking a picture. Because what else can I do? If I can't record reality, I can only record how I feel about what I'm showing you. So, you know, once I touch the shutter, I'm altering reality. You know, so like, like I said, the lens I choose, the camera I use, the shutter speed, the, the post-processing, everything. So does photography, and this is my opinion, traffic in feelings and not reality? I mean, this is an open question. You know, think about all those photos that you've seen over your lifetime, right? What are the th one things that you remember about them? You know, not the aperture that the photographer used or not that the oranges were too saturated or there was camera shake or whatever. No, right? You remember probably how you felt when you looked at them, okay? Now, this, tell me if this makes any sense. And if you remember those feelings, right? then I'll bet that those images are hanging up on your wall or saved someplace on your camera roll on your phone, right? But they're certainly embedded in your memories. So instead of, you know, thinking that I'm presenting reality in any way, shape, or form, I'm not concerned with that, okay? I'm concerned more about what did I interpret when I looked at this scene? 
What did I feel? What did, what was in my mind? What was in my mind's eye actually when I looked at those clouds, right? And so I'll post those two pictures and, and it's rare that I'll do that. Uh, you'll see the, you know, uh, the behind the curtains <laughs> version and you might have a very strong opinion. You might say, well, you oversaturated, you overdid this, or you could have left it the way it was, blah, blah, blah. You could have all those opinions, but in the end, the one that is the one that I'm showing to the world, and I sit back and I look at it myself, and I said, yes, that's how I felt when I saw that. To me, that sunset had deep blues in the clouds and the oranges and the highlights of the clouds, and they were defined. My eyes saw them in a certain way, and the camera did a okay job of it, but I needed to help it along, you know? And, uh, you know, in, in my case, perhaps I used, I used processing on my phone and I used contrast adjustments and I used saturation adjustments and I used tonal, uh, contrast changes and, uh, and ended up with a, a fair representation of how I felt. Okay. Cause what else am I going to do? What, what else can I possibly do, uh, in, in the picture? And I'm really, you know, frankly, I'm not interested in showing reality because I don't know what reality is. My reality is different than your reality. You know, I see a six and you see a nine, you know, depends on how you look at things. There's no, you know, what is truth? And I'm, this is not the kind of conversation I really want to have by myself or in your ear uh, because I'll probably put you to sleep. And there's, you know, it's, it's an ongoing thing to think about. Uh, and I, and I'm thinking about this all the time. And this really, again, popped up when I decided to show my friend the, you know, the before and after of the pictures. And then that leads me into thinking about, you know, all these applications and stuff have filters that people have made like Instagram and Visco. And, uh, you know, you can put filters on, on any picture. And in fact, the picture that you're going to see that I post of Irving Penn's uh, Rolleiflex, right? I uh, reprocessed using a, an application called Tintype, which is by the guys who make Hipstamatic. And I actually believe Gene did a shot. <laughs> you know, I think we probably took, we did the same thing in mind. I, I, I saw him on his Facebook. I think he posted a picture uh, of the Rolleiflex as well. And I think he might have done the same kind of process to it. And that's interesting. We all talk to him about that because, again, I'm looking at the picture of this, I mean, I'm looking at this camera and I'm thinking, okay, I'm just taking a picture of it and it's just a recording of this camera, but how do I feel when I see this? And of course I went to my phone and I took the picture and I started processing it and I was like, you know, it really feels like I, to me, I need to, to, to use this thing called tintype, you know, from Hipstamatic. So that filter really resonated with me on how I viewed this artifact from the you know the world of photography this role of flex from irving penn you know it wasn't enough just to show you the picture i wanted to present it with this with this filter attached to it and so you know instead of me um judging people when they use filters on their pictures and and people do use filters and they overdo them and sometimes they decide that you know in order to make a picture look cool they put filters on it and there's pluses and minuses that but you know what some filters really resonate with photographers and if these things resonate with you and they help you make you uh get across the feelings that you were having when you took the picture or whatever the subject is then i don't think there's anything wrong with that right let me let me go into this for a second there was a um, 
way back when, and I can do that because I'm an older guy, I used to shoot a film called, uh, what was it called? Scotch Chrome. Scotch, Scotch Chrome. I can't remember who made it. Maybe it was 3M who made it. And, you know, if, you know, you might have to Google this stuff to look it up, but it was a film that when I was shooting, it was a very, very fast film at the time. It was rated at ISO 1600. So when I was shooting film, 1600 was a very, very fast speed. And one of the things about that film that I really liked, that it was, it was really noisy, or I should say really grainy, and that means today in digital terms that it would be really noisy. But in order for it to get a lot of uh, sensitivity to light, the grains of the silver that the film was made up, the, the light-sensitive material, had to be very large. But um, it wasn't just the grain that I liked, but it was something about the quality of this grain. Um, when I looked at the pictures, and they were slide form in 35 millimeters, so they were kind of teeny tiny, there was something about that quality that I liked and that resonated with me. And the, the grain itself, if I could describe it, was the very speckled colors, like red, green, and blue, uh, almost iridescent in a way. And the pictures I took with that film um, had a very old-fashioned look. And for some reason, I liked it. But I didn't like it with every subject. In fact, I used to use that film mostly for taking pictures of marble statues. I would go to the museums. I still do this a lot, and I love doing it. But I like taking pictures of the marble statues, you know, Greek and Roman statues, and even uh, some of the statues from the 18th and 19th century. Um, but anything made of marble, it's just, I'm, I'm amazed by sculpture, by the way, like, you know, how someone can do this uh, and create these forms. But anyway, uh, something about shooting those sculptures with this film made, for me, the sculptures uh, become more alive. The, um, I don't know if it simulated skin. I couldn't. I couldn't quite tell you. There was an. Uh, there's not a definite form. But when I looked at the pictures, I looked the way they framed them, and the subjects I took. And sometimes I would take pictures of just the hands of the of the sculptures. This film really made them come alive. Um, I didn't shoot this film for many other things, uh, mostly for sculptures. And there were a few things I would use it for it just didn't work you know if i was taking a picture of a landscape or something like that for me it just didn't it didn't create what i either saw or felt but with these sculptures it certainly did and i think that is no different than using filters um today to create a picture that will help you express what you feel when you take the shot or whatever the subject is uh, it's just knowing when to use those filters and not just sort of you know, well, I'm going to throw them on every single picture because that doesn't quite work. But understanding when you're going to, you know, process a picture with a filter or in a certain way in Lightroom or on your phone, that it is going to help you tell the story of yourself and, and, and the subject matter. And again, I think all pictures are really about the person who's taking the picture. You know, my street photography is really about me and not really about maybe not necessarily about the people who I'm taking pictures of or my landscapes, my urban landscapes or whatever I'm taking pictures of are really about me and anything that's going to help me present that to you and maybe give you an inkling of what's going on inside of me when I take the picture, uh, that can only be a good thing. So this all really just came up for me showing before and after on my phone to a friend 
and you know just wondering boy what am i doing here what what am i am i really giving things away by showing that and uh in the end i don't think i'm pretty sure i'm not a fraud but when it when i did this and i showed the pictures it really you know i was trying to th see it from his point of view and again i'm just sort of projecting because you know he could understand perfectly what's going on but projecting to a, a viewer of somebody who's seeing the before and the after uh, and what does that say about me as a photographer and what does it say about uh, the, the person who's viewing the picture. And you know what? Going back to the Irving Penn show, uh, tying it back to that, I'm looking at all of his prints and those prints are manipulated. They're you know, there's dodging and burning and he's showing, he's, you know, showing you things and taking away things and he's cropping the pictures and, you know, George O'Keefe is doing it with her paintings too. You know, she's, she's got these great paintings of a, of a door and an adobe structure and she's just showing you some of the basic parts, the shadow and the, and the door and the wall and the sky. And there's, you know, five elements there and, and, uh, so she's, she's processing the world as well. And obviously, you know, somehow it's a, maybe a little bit more, we take it with paintings, uh, with a little bit more, um, you know, understanding that, you know, a painting is more of a, uh, a creation of the hand and, um, an interpretation of what's being seen. And somehow we always think about photographs as well. No, a photograph is what really happened. And I'm going to put in your mind that a photograph isn't really what happened. And we don't even know that what happened is what happened. And if that sounds a little weird, please excuse me. But, you know, again, I don't know what the, you know, my world is going to look a lot different than your world. And maybe the way to uh, show that, at least for me, is, you know, through my photography. If I was a painter, I'd be doing painting and expressing that. And actually, I've always wanted to write um, you know, like write a novel or something like that. And I could express my way, you know, through that. Or actually, if I could draw, if I could do pencil sketches and stuff like that, I, I would have done that. But um, I wasn't very good at that. And so that's where I ended up going into photography and, and figuring out that's a way that I can uh, express myself. And so what you see of my pictures is my interpretation and my feelings about what I'm seeing. So that's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I hope I didn't put you to sleep. Um, and I felt it was, this was more of like a me talking to you because you're getting a little bit more insight about how uh, I'm seeing the world. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, you might find this helpful or at least maybe spark some thoughts about uh, when you're taking pictures, what you're trying to do. Uh, but if anything, if you're expressing yourself with your photography it's the probably one of the best things you can do. Uh, I don't really, and I wouldn't personally. I don't care how you do it. If the picture resonates with you, and if it resonates with everybody else, uh, we got a great shot. It could be fuzzy, out of focus. It could be overexposed, underexposed. Whatever all the whatever the process is to get to that final image, uh, we're going to look at it and we're going to say that's how the photographer felt. Okay, so that's it. I'm going to keep it kind of short. Although I don't know if this is short or not have been talking to you for an hour well no it's 37 minutes so yeah i figure that's about the length of time it takes before your eyes start drooping you hearing my droning voice <laughs> like that's enough so yeah 37 minutes is good but uh anyway look uh 
You guys are great. I'm really happy that uh, we have an audience that uh, we're doing this podcast. I'm really appreciative. Uh, I'm saying this because I just listened to Sid and Mac's show, and they were they were thanking their listeners. You know what? I realized, you know what? That's a really good idea. Thanking all you guys for tuning in and sharing uh you know, what you learn uh, from this show and telling your friends about it. And uh, I really appreciate it. If Tom was here too, he would be saying uh, the same thing. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting us to this point where we're taking the show seriously. We're putting it out, you know, certainly once a month and hopefully twice a month. And, you know, any kind of feedback that you guys have, you know, you can send it to us at, uh, you know, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook. And so give, give us feedback that way. Tell your friends about us, anybody you know who carries a camera. Uh, we like to really share information and we're really about teaching and getting everybody to learn and have fun with photography. I don't care what kind of cameras you use. Uh, don't care what you take pictures of, but we're all, you know, photographers together. And it, it's, it's great to have you, um, part of our lives and I'm happy to be part of your lives that you're spending uh, some of your time listening to us. So that being said, thanks for tuning in and um, hopefully I could get another show before the end of July. Not sure, but if I could squeak one in on the 31st, then I'll have gotten two episodes this month and I'll be really happy. Um, but until then, you can check us out at uh, switchtomanual.com. Uh, that's where we have our website and you can get links to all of our other places. We're also on Facebook. We like posting on Facebook a lot because we like our Facebook friends. And we're on Twitter at switch the number two manual. So switch to manual. Um, I'm also starting to post some stuff on Instagram and I'm pretty sure our handle is switch uh, number two manual. So switch to manual. Um, but let me, just, you know, let me just double check that while we're here so that I'm not telling you the wrong address, but I'm, one of the things we're posting up on our switch to manual, uh, uh Instagram or photo quotes, cause just to get you inspired. So why don't you follow us there? Yes. And our, our handle at, on, uh, Instagram is switch to the number two manual. So look for us to switch to manual on Instagram and, uh, Let's see what else. If you guys listen to us on iTunes, uh, please give us ratings, uh, hopefully thumbs up, high ratings, and uh, any kind of reviews. Uh, help us get a little bit more uh, audience um, listening to us. And yeah, like I said, tell, tell your friends about us as well. And uh, one of the ways you can support our website, well, a couple of ways, is that one, we have a little tip cup. So if you just want to throw us some chump change, help us uh, pay some of the uh, hosting costs to Podbean. Uh, that would be great. Um, so you can check. There's a PayPal button on our Podbean page and our website. Also, we have uh, portfolio reviews that we'd like to do on our site. Um, it's a great way to support our site because you pay us to look at some of your pictures. We give you professional feedback about those pictures. So check out our website, switchtomanual.com, and look for portfolio reviews. Uh, and that is a great way to uh, support us as well. And I think that's it. I'm coming in under about 40 minutes, keeping you guys awake still. And, uh, look, tune in and follow us, uh, wherever you can. And, uh, hopefully we make your, uh, life in photography much better and more enjoyable. So until the next time, I'd like to say, see you later and adios. Adios.